0: what is up guys this is daniel levy from half the battle but i already know you guys want the formal intro so fear not welcome back to half the battle i'm your host as always daniel levy and today let's go ahead and recap these fights that just happened because man joseph benavidez got worked by Davison dice dugea figueredo the new flyweight champion or between me and you guys and still because we all know he won the first time but now it was what many people would consider to be an ethical contest because he he made the weight, And, I mean, he won fair and square. There, there was no headbutts unless that one moment when he got on top of him. It kind of looked like he went for a headbutt again. I think it might have been a kind of an inside elbow. But, you know, well, if they're not talking about it, we're, we're not going to make it a big deal. But, man, on a real note, Davison went out there, dropped him three, four times in that first round. Looked unbelievable. Every single thing that he touched him with hurt him so it, it was quite an impressive performance and I want to take y'all's questions maybe even have one of y'all hop in here with me uh if one of y'all want to talk to me let me know uh maybe we can work that out but regardless we got to talk this fight card that just went down and man Davison Figueiredo is a problem it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see who he fights next I guess the two options are definitely uh Moreno Moreno's been doing his thing man Moreno looked unbelievable against uh, Jussier Formiga, who, you know, I know MMA math doesn't mean shit, but uh, you guys know Jussier got the dub over Figueiredo, but regardless of that, because that's kind of irrelevant. Moreno, when he fought, F- when, excuse me, when he fought uh, Formiga, it seemed to me like that was the fight where the kid turned the corner. So he's got a good case for the next title shot. Obviously, Askarov did his thing tonight, and you know, he went to a draw with Moreno, but again, between you and me, we all know uh, who won that fight moreno so back to the champ Davison dice Duguea figueredo and sorry if i'm repeating myself but y'all know dice Duguea means god of war and i mean man i've never seen a flyweight that hits that hard you know we used to talk about guys like john moraga or ryan benoit being the hardest hitters at flyweight i mean even Lineker, but we we always considered Lineker to be a bantamweight because he always missed that flyweight but those were always the hardest hitters i think now we got a number one hardest hitter in flyweight history And i mean you know shout out to to the old school legend uh kid yamamoto but i think most of his fights were at 35s right he might have fought at 25s you know once or twice but the new generation uh davison figueredo man i don't see too many guys getting past his power and people try to act like he's a ko or bust kind of guy and i disagree i mean when he fought pantoja there wasn't a knockout and there were three 30 27s on the scorecard so I think he can go the full five too like let's say that pantoja fight was a five round fight he could have coasted the last two rounds and still went out there and won a 48 47 so i disagree with this whole thing that uh that figueredo you know can't go five rounds hard we know he can and i like the fact too that when he dropped in that first time you know he didn't blow the load trying to get him out of there you know because that that submission defense by uh joe b while rocked on top of everything was pretty second to none i mean i don't know how he survived some of those obviously the last one finally got him but man uh, the dude's tough as nails but you know i was kind of worried because i had a bet on figueredo so we drop him we take his back almost choke him out and then he gets back up i was like "Shit, is is davidson about to gasp but no my boy davidson paced himself the entire time you know the entire five minutes or less right but hey he got the job done right so he definitely paced himself and he did his thing and man uh it's going to take someone special to come out here and beat him. He's going to have to have an off night or meet his match. So I can't wait to see. I mean, who who do y'all think should fight him? You think it should be uh Moreno or Askarov or am I leaving someone out? Cuz I mean, let, let's pull up these rankings real quick cuz I'm pretty damn sure it's got to be Moreno or Askarov, right? And I, my vote's Moreno. But let's see uh let's see what they're talking about here on the rankings. Okay, so the rankings right now, Davison Joseph, who we just beat twice in a row, Brandon Moreno, who I think is next, Alexandre Pantoja, who just lost Alex Perez. Alex Perez is no slouch. I like this kid, Alex Perez. He's definitely proving himself. I I wasn't convinced he was, you know, of that title contention category, and uh, I was wrong about that. The kid definitely is. So, and then obviously Askar Askarov. So I think those are the guys in the talks. It's got to be Moreno. You know what I mean? So gotta gotta do it for him, and then obviously Benavides, man you know uh he did his thing you know in terms of making it to a to a title fight in the ufc you know not a lot of guys can say that they made it to that title fight so he did it on multiple occasions so no matter what you know he'll always be a you know former wec number one contender former ufc number one contender the, the guy's a badass so i definitely got to tip my cap to him hopefully they, they let him come out here and you know get one nice little win to ride off into the sunset i mean who are we talking about? We got, we got Matt Schnell, you know, that's a possibility. You could always do the rematch with Tim Elliott, even though guys, for selfish reasons, I want to see uh, my boy Holly and Piva get that Elliott fight. I mean, look, they're both coming off controversial, unanimous decision wins. So let them go ahead and face off. Uh, and since everyone thinks my boy Piva lost his fight, maybe I won't have to pay minus 300 when he fights Tim Elliott, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm down to see something like that. But as far as Joseph Benavidez retirement fight, tell me in the comments below who you want to see him fight. But, yeah, I'm thinking something like a match Schnell. Like, let's go ahead and guarantee him this win so he can go out there, you know, leave his gloves in the center of the octagon. You know, hopefully this pandemic shit will be behind us by then so he can have, like, Megan interview him in the cage and he can have his moment, you know, go out on a nice highlight reel finish. So, yeah, you know. Props to Joe B, but man, tonight belonged to Davison Dice Gea, and uh, I cannot wait to see uh, his uh, his first title defense. Um, Man, that's a a force to be reckoned with at Flyweight. Uh, Let me see what y'all are saying right now. My boy Alonzo, he's saying, don't see anyone beating Figueroa, And you know, that's the beautiful thing about these champions, man, is that you don't see anyone beating them until someone finally beats them. Like I remember when Anderson Silva defended the title 10 times and I was like, you're telling me this fucking guy, Chris Weidman's going to beat him, you know? So it's going to happen when you least expect it. And, you know, there's probably a guy that's not even signed to the UFC right now who, you know, is training to beat Davison, and he's going to work his way up the ranks, get that call. I mean, hey, how about that kid, uh, Al Bazi, that fought uh, earlier today, man? That that kid, that was serious. That, that was no bullshit at all. So, the reason i'm bringing guys like that up is because like these current generation guys that are in the top five i don't i don't really see them uh beating davison like i feel like if formiga got the rematch he ain't doing it but may, maybe i should digress because i mean alex perez brandon moreno asker Askarov, these guys are all tough so i can't wait to see uh what they do next let me see let me see what else y'all are saying here this is a lot of fun this is my first live stream so we should do uh we should do this kind of shit more often let's see uh My boy, my boy Shark said, bet Askarov. So Pantoja did me a favor, actually, but it was close. Yeah, it was close, but I felt like you know it might have been one-one going into that third round. And you know, Askarov kind of pushed on on the gas slightly more than uh than Pantoja did. Pantoja kind of showed that man, I was actually surprised that he gassed out so hard. I mean, at the same time, Askarov was really pushing that pace, man. Like Askarov survived the early submission attempts and he kept going forward the entire time so that was that was a badass john says what or why was joe trying to stand and bang with him well i mean i I would look at it this way man i mean the first time they fought you know joe's a guy that takes down like most of his opponents the first time they fought you know it was easily sprawled on when he tried to take down davison so he probably felt like man like I can't take him down. And then you also remember Davison took him down, picked him up and slammed and almost got him in that arm bar. So Joby might've low key felt like, man, I'm outmatched on the mat. And he might've had this whole headbutt excuse played up in his head. where like, Hey, if I don't get headbutted, I can out volume this guy. But it wasn't the case. The power was too much. So I, I just think he was kind of, you know, to, to put it lightly, I think he was fucked in every area of that fight, you know, in terms of, you know, stand up wrestling, jujitsu, but also in terms of the physicality, man, uh, davison figueredo has some serious physical attributes for the flyweight division there's no denying it welcome back to half the battle i appreciate you bro so let's see jimmy the drunk any idea what dj's contract with one looks like i know it's looking fat as hell because i mean you know his uh head coach matt hume is uh you you know he's got stakes in the company right so of course he's being you know taking care of people are acting like his the trade you know with uh dj and ben askin was one of the worst things the ufc ever did that's complete bullshit. it's one of the best things the, U- the ufc ever did not only that it was beneficial for both parties because ufc we got one of the best knockouts in ufc history when jorge Masvidal ran across the cage and flying knee benson or uh ben Askren's head into the fifth row you guys catch i almost said benson henderson you know shout out to my boy ben it wasn't him it was ben Askren. but uh it was mutual because dj didn't want to be in the ufc anymore you know he kind of felt like not disrespected but he kind of felt like you know he, he didn't really like the the way the the sport's going in terms of the promotion and shit like that and you know the hype uh, behind fights and you know like I, i'm not gonna talk shit about my boy dj he, he's a fucking amazing fighter even though they offered him tj dillashaw you said no i'd rather fight ray borg dana was like you want ray borg we'll give you ray borg and then henry when he won the belt he, he was down to fight tj right away so you guys already know the deal but look DJ's happy over there he's getting paid right how do we even get on this dj talk so uh let's see scott says yo i love the post fight always looking for mo- more post fight talk live awesome dude i'll try to i'll try to come through for you samuel's agreeing it's got to be moreno next for the title shot i think uh i think a lot of people agree Frank says, he'll murk Moreno. I'd like to see Figgy move to Bantamweight and have a super fight with Yan. Holy shit, would that be a fight? I feel like in order to properly build up a fight like that, you got to just get uh, Davison a couple title defenses, man. You know, he's got to go out there, defend his title against Moreno, maybe defend it against Askarov, maybe Alex Perez. And then, then we're looking at a dominant champion. And Yan's got some work to do in the Bantamweight division, too. You see these guys that are coming up. Aljamain Sterling's looking better than he ever has. Let me let me look at those rankings real quick because uh, there's a bunch of other guys there too. Um, I know Marlon Marais, uh is ranked number one in the world. Aljamain Sterling, I think we all feel like he deserves the title shot. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's got a huge name. He's got two million followers on Instagram. So one win from him, he could be right up there. Corey sanhigan you know, once he gets back on track, there's so many guys. Pedro Munoz. Obviously, uh, Sean O'Malley and Cheeto got a big fight coming up. There's Mirab. Like, there's so many guys at Bantamweight. So, but yes, I do want to see that fight down the line between Yan and uh, and Dice Duguaya Figueiredo. Let's see, let's see what y'all, what else y'all are saying here. Oh, wait. Let's see what Intra said first. When will pe- people realize Kelvin is overrated and has beat nobody but people outside their prime? Well, you spelled their wrong, but we're gonna get to that in a sec we're, we're talking about uh we're talking about uh my boy Davison figure we got to talk about the champ first man then we'll get to you know the undercard fighters so hey, good shit evan to you lipski gave back two on ibrahimov but got the three on the guy that beat joseph duffy joel alvarez i gotta tell you that's my biggest regret not betting him Kind of embarrassed about that, actually, but, you know, I'm not going to be the kind that, that, you know, cries about, oh, I passed on this. My leans went 5-0. Like, no one gives a fuck what your leans went, you know? All that matters is how your bets went. So, you ain't going to hear that kind of talk from me, my man. But I got to give you props on the winning night. Rob Brown, my boy Rob Brown. Hey, y'all got to put some respect on my boy Rob Brown's name. He's always been a real dude to me, and, you know, I, I'm a good judge of character. So, I fuck with Rob Brown alonzo says flyweight is getting stacked dude you couldn't have said it better man i mean you got obviously the new champ Davison figueredo you guys you got the guys i mentioned moreno Ascaroff perez but then you got these up and comers who you guys might be down on now but i'm telling you do not sleep on my boy holly and paiva like you got to understand the kid's only 24 years old he flies to abu dhabi without his corner man he's in a foreign he's in a foreign country he had to get uh elizio zaleski's uh, people to corner him to help him cut weight so he was just in an uncomfortable environment and he still pulls off the victory against a very very experienced and tough opponent in Zuma Gulab Zuma Gulab was a guy that already came into the UFC with wins over Ali Utinov, Tajir and uh, Tyson Nam so I mean that's that's pretty fucking experience for a newcomer and my boy Pava got the first and third live with it you know so let's see what else y'all are saying my boy Cloud says, What's up, Dan? What's up, Cloud? How's it going, man? Moreno and Jared Brooks, if the UFC goes and re signs them. Now, why the hell would you move Jared Brooks up to the top of the line, man? <laughs> I mean, you know, like, he, I mean, he couldn't get past Shorty Torres. So why are we talking uh, Moreno? I know, I know people think, Oh, Jared Brooks got robbed against Davison, guys, but, you know, Jonah Hill cut cut no he didn't (laughs) no he fucking didn't i mean there was only one person landing damage in that fight yeah you can pick a guy up and you know slam him a couple times but if you don't do anything with it he pops back up and then he and then he's rocking you i mean come on now my guy let's see what else y'all are saying here This is a lot of fun man i like uh putting your questions on the big screen and talking to y'all this is fucking awesome what my boy what my boy uh shark hit all right, so I think it's time to I think it's time to move on to this co made event. So now we can pull up my dude's uh, question here. He was talking a little bit of shit about Kelvin. All right, so let's do this. So I gotta admit, I had a bet on Kelvin tonight, and yeah, obviously I was not expecting a you know first minute, second minute heel hook. You know, I, I if you watch Hermanson's entire career, I mean, you do see some first round subs. So if you just say, oh, he got a first round sub, what is, you know, how is that a surprise? Look, that that part is not a surprise. I was just thinking if he was to get a first round sub you know maybe take him down and you know smash him which is a tko or you know maybe kelvin shoots and you know then he gets that guillotine but i wasn't thinking a guard sub you know and someone's gonna be like but a guillotine that's on your back no no i'm talking about like when you're on your back and then you attack for a sub which is what he did with the heel hook i mean did any of y'all see that shit coming hey props to anyone that cashed on our manson but like real talk did any of y'all see a, a heel hook coming that was uh I gotta say, that was quite impressive on, on Hermanson's part. I think a lot of people feel like it was a you know maybe a fight IQ thing, but I don't I, I don't know if I agree. Like let, let's recap how the whole fight went. The fight starts and Kelvin walks him down, kind of pushes him into the fence, lands a couple shots, and then her manson went for the takedown. Kelvin reversed that and kind of turned it into a, you know a slam of his the own. Then he's on top. And I think we were all kind of surprised that Kelvin got on top of Jack so early, you know, me having a bet on Kelvin, I was like, "Oh, perfect, we're gonna break him right away. This is great, and uh, you know, I was thinking, maybe we can get off on some ground and pound of our own, but man, when Kelvin was like, you know this guy this guy is no slouch on the ground, maybe I should pop back up. It was at that moment that you know Jack uh, transitioned to that leg lock, so man, hey, beautiful heel hook, I'm saying, how about the the winner of uh the winner of till and whitaker that's what he asked for but okay when will people realize kelvin is overrated and has beat nobody but people outside their prime i mean let's let's examine if that's actually true that might be true let's see let me see i this shit in right now all right so he beat jacaray and bisbing i mean vitor tim kennedy johnny hendrix nate Marcourt. i mean i guess you're right you know it's just one of those things where like when you beat so many former champions, it ups your stock and you do it in main events and, you know, things among those lines. Plus, he had the great fight with Izzy. So, you know, he won the Ultimate Fighter, beat Uriah Hall, who wasn't a, you know, past their prime guy, but maybe overrated. So maybe, maybe you have a point, man. I don't want to admit it because I like the guy, you know. But, uh, I, I mean, I just don't think that we can say that he doesn't belong in the top 15. I, I don't think we can take it that far. But maybe we, maybe we can say that, you know, he's not he's not a future champion. You know, maybe I can agree with that. Um, but I, I still feel like uh he's gonna come out and fight hard, you know, regardless of, of who he fights, you know. It's unfortunate how this one went down. I agree, Jack. The dude is a beast, and you know, I, I want to call some people out that you know I, I hate to be the the Mr. After the fact guy and this and that, but like how are people watching that first fight between Davison and Joe B and then confidently like picking Joe B like it was a no-brainer? Like, all you gotta do is make it five rounds and you win this fight. Like you know, I I, uh, I don't know. Jack says, who wins out of Davison and Cejudo? What way? You thinking 25s or 35s? Or should we just go ahead and, and answer both? Um, man, that is that is a fucking fight right there. Um, right now, you got to edge uh, Davison just because, you know, he's not talking retirement. He's thinking about, you know, starting his reign right now. So, you know, when you're talking about, uh, when, when you think, you know, when you think about retirement even at all, you know, guys with slightly more hunger are going to beat you, even if you're more skilled than them. I mean, look at uh, my boy Joel Alvarez. I mean, I think we all agree that, you know, Joseph Duffy might have more skills across the board, but uh, Joel simply wanted it more, and, and, and you saw the results tonight. Shark says, I know we are never going to see it, but how would you line Fig versus DJ? Damn, that is a good-ass fight. Um... That is a good-ass fight. I'm not sure, dude, because it's like, would I bet uh, Figueredo at dog money? Yes, I would. Um, Laying chalk against DJ, you know, I guess, man, but but is DJ still as good as he was in the UFC? That's another question. You know, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really watched his fights overseas. You know, I hear that he's getting some hand-fed opponents. Look, I'm happy for the guy. He's out here cashing out. He already, you know, broke the record for most title defenses in UFC history even though he did it against Chris Cariasso and Tim Elliott and Ray Borg. But so what? He holds the record. Look, at the end of the day, who gives a fuck who tries to discredit it? Because if you go to DJ's house right now, he's got, you know, what, 10, 11, 12 belts hanging around. So there ain't shit that anybody can say. But as far as them being matched up in 2020, I personally got to favor Davison just because, you know, he's been fighting the higher level competition these days. Um But DJ is such an amazing fighter that I would personally not be surprised if he was actually lined the favorite there. Jong Lee says he bet Askarov, Figueroa, Sarukin, and Cater Parlay. Damn, man, I wish you let me know beforehand so I could have got in on that, but hey, nice hit, my guy. Z, what's up, Z? Z says, I agree. Let them both, Fig and Yan, rack up a couple wins and then champ versus champ should be two reigning champs yes sir i mean that's how you build up that fight you know people got to understand that this shit's a business they're crying about why is peter why is peter yan fighting jose aldo well i mean like you're gonna put him in there with someone that's never headlined a fight night before or put him in there with a future hall of famer and let him get the biggest win of his career against someone that everybody knows now we're gonna build up that Algernon sterling fight so yeah let him get a couple title defenses and then we can talk champ champ type fights i mean same thing with with some of these other champs i mean we could see wiley fight bullet i know that sounds like a like a holy shit, that might be a massacre to some of y'all but i'm telling you if they defend their belts a couple times you might see that let me see some of these other champs you got israel and johnny bones maybe down the line volkanovsky i could see him doing some shit, you know he's been called out by the former flyweight former bantamweight champ so definitely a lot of super fights in our near future for sure My boy Shark agrees with Z. It would be better if they both defend a few times. You see, my boy knows what he's talking about. Frank, did I overrate Montel or underrate Fiziev? Man, should we just go ahead and talk about the Montel-Jackson fight, or or should we wait? I I guess we got to talk about it right now. So it's like we didn't overrate him. He just let us down type thing. You know, it was like, he has all the skills and all the physical capabilities to go out there and beat Brett Johns but sometimes it's not the skill and you know sometimes it's not the physical capabilities the talents or the skill of the man. sometimes it's the will of the man and I gotta tip my cap to the pikey Brett Johns simply wanted it more in the second and third round's like it was clear who the superior athlete is. You know, when they struck on the feet, I mean, look, Montel comes out there, takes him down right away on the feet, he drops him. You saw the crazy shit he was doing with his length by trapping those wrists. You see the talent, and then after that first round, he just stops fighting. So you can't take anything away from Brett Johns. The guy willed himself to victory. I mean, he found the one spot he could exploit, and he took it, you know, full on. So all the credit in the world goes to Brett Johns on that. Now, as far as Montel i mean again it's it's not that we overrated his skills it's that he didn't perform so i hope that you know he can get whatever the deal is together and come back there and show the potential that he's got because i mean don't wouldn't you all agree that he's better than he showed in that second and third round or or do you all actually think that nah man you're, you're overrating this guy maybe he is a a fraud but i just don't think so i think he's supremely talented just like it seemed like he didn't give a fuck whether he won or he lost out there after that first round so i i don't really know it was kind of a bizarre performance in my eyes but again all the credit to brett johns you know he dug deep and you know got knocked down bad in that first round got taken down right away and still had the wherewithal to go out there and win the second and third so can't take any credit away from him my man what's up bro quincy I took Alvarez. Nice. What odds are we talking? Uh, I know I saw a plus 305 on the board. Uh, definitely going to wake up in the morning pissed off I didn't take that. So, you know, Quincy, good shit, bro. John says, remember Cody said he was dropping a 25 after his fight with Rafael? <laughs> listen, I saw them trying to campaign for that fight and listen, Cody definitely had a spectacular comeback. I'll, I'll give him that, but not only would the weight cut be something, but Davison's power on that chin after the weight cut would be something else. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so, man. But hey, if they want to do that big money fight, let's see it. You know, I'm down. But I think let's go ahead and give Moreno his title shot. You know, I think he earned it. Rafael looked fantastic. I'm sure you're talking about Rafael Fiziev. I, I learned it's not Fiziev; it's Fiziev. So, hey, Fiziev did his thing. We'll talk about him in a sec. I think we got to talk about. Uh, or is he up next? Was he the featured bout? I think you might be on to something, my friend. Yes. So the fight of the night, the featured bout. I mean, should, should we talk about Hermanson and Gaslam a little more? Are you all get the point? Look, Hermanson should fight Whitaker and Till and, and Kelvin. We gotta go back to the drawing board, but okay, Faziv and Dykecey physique or physique man that fucking body kick you y'all heard the sound of that body kick i mean that shit sounded like chipper jones hitting a fucking home run down at turner field back in the day that was uh that was some shit like you cringe when you hear the sound of that and then the matrix uh head movement to those head kicks that's one of those things where he kind of rolls the dice right now he, he's fast as hell doing that kind of shit but i'm telling you if he, if he does that a couple years down the line when he's a little bit older someone's gonna clip him bad i mean he got clipped bad two fights ago but you can't discredit him i mean what about him and Brad Riddell? I feel like they're kind of in the same boat, you know, in the same weight class. They have the former, you know, kickboxing backgrounds, but they show that, you know, they got the skills to, I would say they can compete with some top 15 guys, honestly, man. So are y'all, y'all down with that matchup? What do y'all think? Brad Riddell versus uh, Rafael Fiziev? Does that sound like a good one to y'all? So Julian's saying he wants to fade Figueiredo against Askarov or Moreno. Interesting. You want to? You want, you want to come on the show right now and talk to me about why you would fade FIG against uh, Ascar Robert Moreno? I'll, I'm giving you an open invite. You can join me side by side. We can talk those fights. Because I'm actually very curious if you're serious. Um, like, But I, I don't want to count them out. I mean, they're in the position they're in for a reason. But if you want to make the case for them, I'd love to hear it. Because I know I got a case for uh, Davison, Dice, Duguay, and Figueiredo. My boy AJ says, you're right about Montel, Dan. Montel is super talented. A loss for him against Johns may be the best thing for him. Allows him to improve and learn even more now. Yeah, I... I, But, uh, am am I I roboting, guys? Because I just saw the shit, you know, spin a little bit. Hey, tell me in the comments right now if I'm freezing up or if y'all still hear me good, because... I don't want this stream fucked up for y'all you know you know i gotta take care of y'all but back to my boy aj's question um you know you make a good point and i hope that's the case man i really really hope that that's the case because you know you only want to see a guy with that kind of you know athletic capabilities uh just improve and evolve every single time you see the flashes of brilliance every single time he's out even in the two losses it's just you want to see a little more consistency and Man, you know, maybe this was a good learning lesson for him. Maybe, maybe after the three wins, he was feeling invincible. He felt like he patched up that hole. And you know, maybe he got a little cocky, you know. So I I, uh, I hope you're right about that, man. Where's Shaq? Hey, shout out to my boy Shaq. Uh, you know, he's in Georgia too, man. You know, he's doing his thing. That's my boy, Shaq. Name a more dominant. You meant dominant with that with two ends title fight other than a flash ko and shout out to my boy z you know this dude makes those badass thumbnails for our youtube video so you got to give him a shout out best call of duty player i've ever seen former u.s army vet i mean bro you're my guy z name a more dominant title fight other than a flash ko okay so obviously you said to not name uh not name converse aldo okay i got you i won't do that um you know, uh, what about, uh, what about RDA versus Pettis? What about Kamara Uzman versus Woodley? Those are some pretty fucking dominant title fights, weren't they? And and it was the challenger that went out there and won as an underdog, uh, both times. So those are the two that, that come up to my head right now. Um, what about Davison both times, even though he missed weight the first time, you know, my boy davison has been doing his thing. Let's call him Davy, Davy God of War. So yeah, I would go with, uh, Uzman and RDA off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there's more, there's tons of more, you know what? Oh, I got one for you. What about, uh, Joanna and Jacek check versus Carla Esparza. Was that was that dominant enough for your standards? You know what I mean. That was a that was a pillar to post ass whooping. Uh, let's see. Oh, he said I did the robot, and now I'm good. Good, cool. Oh yeah, Hey, great example. Jones versus Shogun, or as we like to say in Brazil, Mauricio Shogun. And by the way, Shogun's fighting next week. And if any of you all want to run the numbers for me, because you already know how I feel about rematches. I usually take the guy that won, you know, the first time as I did in um this fight tonight with figueredo Um there was another one. Fuck, I can't even remember. Dude, we see so many fucking fights that like I don't even remember like the fights. Uh what was the the other rematch that happened recently? I know I took uh Andraj and, and lost a split on that, but there was another uh rematch that Oh yeah, vulcan and Max. Uh thank you, judges. I really appreciate it. Even though I feel like if you start watching that fight in round three instead of watching the first two because the first two are clear as day max but the last three it's like max got up to such a lead that he was like i'm gonna come out here and coast the last three rounds and with those judges you do not want to do that I, I, he learned the hard way but he will be back for sure maybe maybe him and cater what about him and cater john's grappling is a problem yeah i mean you know i think more so than his grappling i think it's just like the mindset the willingness to go forward the entire time you know when both guys are tired and this guy you know he was determined to get that win tonight by any means necessary so the kid uh, definitely has top 15 written all over him a plus 265 on joel el fenomeno alvarez good job buddy Okay, so I did do the robot. It wasn't just me. That's good to know. That's good to know. But I'm back now. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good example. Speaking of BJ Penn, you know, BJ Penn versus Joe Stevenson, uh, that was a dominant title fight. What about BJ Penn versus Diego Sanchez? That was an ass-whooping. BJ Penn versus Kenny Florian and, and BJ Penn versus uh, Sean Shirk were also ass-whoopings, but those were more kind of like, you know, systematic, slow-cooking type ass-whoopings, whereas the, the Stevenson fights and the Diego Sanchez fights were – you know pillar to post, blood everywhere uh destructions yeah that was definitely a dismantling uh, I'll, I'll give you that you know I wish they ran it the first time it's funny Um, so I had tickets uh, to go to Vegas at the Mandalay Bay to see uh GS beavers Nick Diaz and Carlos Condit versus BJ Penn and then back then Nick Diaz he didn't show up to his press conference so they scrapped the fight and I already got tickets to the motherfucker I was like dude I'm trying to see Nick Diaz because I believe it was supposed to be Nick Diaz UFC debut against uh, GSP at the time because, you know, he was the strike force champion. He had that great fight with Paul Daly. By the way, y'all noobs got to fucking watch Nick Diaz versus Paul Daly, one of the best one-round fights in UFC history. I know you got five minutes or less to go watch that fight once we get off this stream. Nick Diaz versus Paul Daly, unbelievable. So after his strike force run, you know, he was the, the hottest welterweight outside of the UFC. So he gets that UFC call and they're going to book him champion versus champion against gsp it's going to be one of the biggest welterweight title fights in ufc history and then on the co-main event bj penn versus carlos condit who at the time were you know fucking heroes so i'm like i'm all in i get my tickets and then then nick doesn't show up to the press conference they scrap the gsp fight and then um you know so i'm thinking you know carlos versus bj and then carlos pulls and then they end up doing bj versus, versus nick diaz which was a great fight but that was like the only good fight on the card so I was kind of pissed off but man um back back to back to what we were talking about I don't know how I got off on that rant He says you see Clay Collard is doing his thing in the top rank uh boxing this year Dan Dude I have seen that he's been out here hey you know it's funny um long ass time ago so I went to see uh weidman versus silva the first time in vegas when uh when weidman knocked him out it was it was a shocker by the way the whole place went silent when that happened no one could believe it but on the flight home i actually sat next to clay collard's coach before he was uh you know in the ufc so I, you know we were talking he was telling me like i got this guy who you know is a future champion and this and that and, and he told me like dude check out his fight with justin buckles it was amazing um but anyways he ended up getting signed to the ufc Only went like one and three, but was like exciting every single time. You know, had a great fight with Max Holloway, with Alex White and some other guys, Gabriel Benitez. But when he got cut, he he went back to boxing and now he's, you know, on live television doing his thing. So shout out to, shout out to Clay Collar. Jimmy says, Mauricio Shogun is minus 200. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, back to the point I was making. Thank you very much. I'm getting off track. So y'all know how I feel about these rematches and how I usually take the guy that won the first time. but I need someone to run the numbers for me on trilogies. Like, how does the person doing the third fight, you know, compare to the first two? Because that I don't have the data on. I got the data on the first and the second. But when it comes to the third, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm going to put the work in between now and then and find out. But if one of y'all want to run those numbers and let me know, you know, the history of trilogies, I would love to know. So, Jimmy, thank you very much for reminding me about that. And I just saw a comment from my boy, Z, that I wanted to pull up oh yeah here we go yeah and he spelled dominant right (laughs) no shade hey tj versus burrow one is a dominant title win yes it is that cannot be disputed man that was it was historic at the time because you know brow was like a minus 700 favorite and you know he was like what 32 and one his professional record was 32 and one so they were trying to market brow as like the floyd mayweather of mma at the time so when he lost to tj the first time it was a massive shock um I, I was I was I was surprised, man. Evan said, I already put 1k on Mauricio Shogun at minus 190. Give me a 70% shot over a hundred percent shot any day of the week. Oh, okay. We'll we'll uh we'll do that. No, but in all honesty, like um i'm curious because like the first two fights were close man and now you know they're both aging i was actually shocked to hear uh lil Knox 44. no joke i'm not exaggerating i know we like to joke around but he's legit 44 like holy shit and uh you know if i if you would have told me that uh mauricio shogun's going a, a draw with paul craig a couple years back i would have said you're at your fucking mind so it's gonna be really interesting to see uh, what happens i remember the last time they fought didn't uh didn't my boy uh nogara have shogun doing the chicken dance at one point and actually shogun had a uh, resort to the takedowns to get that dub if i remember correctly so man cannot wait Joby has had five rematches and they've all gone the same way as the first yeah you know uh it's, it's one of those things man you know you know how it goes the the candy flooring effect no no shade at all uh I mean, they can still say they have the number one next to their name. They just didn't have the belt. But, you know, a lot of fighters will retire and never get a title shot. So got to give them credit at least for, for that. O'Malley Cheeto prediction. Ooh, I, I actually have a prediction. I have a very strong opinion on that fight. Um, you know, I got to save it. But I will say this. This is not Terry Onware, This is not Eddie Weiland. This is not Andre Sukumtut and this is not the other guy he fought um jose Teco. so that's 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 all i got to say about that john says would you rather see zombie versus ortega or zombie versus cater so how about both how about zombie takes care of ortega real quick and then you make that fight but um honestly I, I could see a situation where they both kind of get title shots you know one one guy kind of has to wait a little bit longer and this and that but like why not you know let volk prove himself against all the top contenders and there's the beat and yair also waiting in the wings uh, josh emmett's been doing his thing so there's definitely a lot of options uh for volkanovsky and i'm curious what uh max holloway does next because like i know he's coming off two straight losses and all that but definitely prove his last fight regardless of the result that he's still a top three guy in the weight class so you know let's see if he you know tries to fight one of the top contenders and then work his way back to a title shot if he moves up weight class there's just so many options i mean let me go ahead and read to you these rankings at featherweight man we got volkanovsky wearing the crown you got max who's right there with him two competitive fights with the champ Zabit is magomed sharipov who's been doing his thing and real quick because i know people are going to say that my boy uh zabit gases and you know yeah he gases or he coasts or whatever the deal is um I'm just curious to see if he does that in the fourth and fifth rounds or if it's a situation where he'll get a second win and come back and if he feels like he got up to such a big lead that he can just take off the third round these days you know in those kind of fights I'm curious I feel like you know five round fights are gonna really let us know about the zabit cardio thing like I'm not saying it's not true like there's definitely a possibility but I'm also saying we should consider that maybe he'll get a second win in the fourth and fifth it's happened you know before like you remember, uh, Jack Hermanson versus Jack Array. First two rounds, uh, Jack dominates. Third round kind of slows down. It looks like Jack Array is getting the momentum back, but then Jack gets a second win and wins the fourth and fifth. So don't put it past a beat to get a second win. We just got to, you know, obviously confirm that firsthand. Um, kind of got off track. You, you guys already know the deal. All right, let's see. Let's see. We got some new comments. What you laughing at, man? You want to come out here and talk with me? Did I say something funny? Rice McKee versus of odds. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, you already know, but from my lips to God's ears, minus 1000 Rice McKee, right? You know what I mean? We got we got we got hope for the best cuz you know, we got to take advantage of situations, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be playable to answer to answer your indirect question. <laughs> I don't know who he's referring to, but that's funny as hell. Zabit is never winning a five-round fight. Well, we just addressed that. I, I wouldn't write him off yet. We got we to find out firsthand. Uh, First hand, excuse me. Volk, Volkanovski's next opponent. Who do I think? Oh, man. Either Cater, Zombie, uh, Zabit, Emmett. You know, sorry to give you four options. There's so many. In my opinion, O'Malley would punk Cheeto Vera, even though I respect Cheeto. Song Yedong has already uh, been proven as a fraud um well when you say punk cheeto vera like what exactly do you mean because like you know the guys from ecuador and moved to the united states to chase the american dream and it's one of the hardest workers and when you talk about punking someone this guy went to brazil fought john lineker won the third round you know on two of the scorecards so i I don't really know if anyone's coming out here and punking uh marlon chito vera now could he knock him out potentially i mean you know uh, sean o'malley is definitely very very accurate he's precise for the weight class but punk him out, like Cheeto Chido doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to get punked out. So, I respectfully disagree, Eric. Cater would be a popular underdog versus Volkanovski. True or false? Well, I mean, I think it's a situation where you see uh, dog odds on either of those guys, and you know, people are going to be taking the shots because those, those both those guys are the kind of fighters you want to back. You know, period. They're winners. They go out there. They're they're going to fight for your money but you know obviously we can talk about the leg kicks do we have to give away everything you know what i mean but look but real talk yeah of course people are gonna back both guys you know at any price honestly Let, let's be realistic here which guys do you have on auto bet on auto bet if any um uh you know it's all about what point a fighter is at in their career you know you, you gotta ride those momentum waves man and you know figure out when they're at the end of their runs like you know joe duffy like yeah just because he beat conor mcgregor back in the day just because he uh you know had a three-round war with poirier you know in 2016 doesn't mean that in 2020 he can beat guys that aren't even in the you know top 50 or top 100 it's all about current form you know you gotta see if these guys are consistently evolving or if they're doing the opposite of that so you know there's no guys that i have auto bets on but yeah there's guys that you know you want to ride their momentum right now um that are on fire for sure uh volkanovsky has made me a lot of money that that's for sure you think izzy versus costa will be a snooze fest like yoel no not at all because yoel is one of those guys that you know kind of like was known for taking rounds off not just in the izzy fight but in his other fights and then he comes back in that third round and knocks guys out um whereas paulo costa is going to march you down from the second the bell rings, and the second the bell rings and throw in combinations throw hard mix it up to the body um i don't think it's going to be a snooze fest at all i think it's going to be a very exciting fight um i think that izzy's going to try to you know uh, kind of not hit and run but you know point and counter and stuff like that and you know be on his bike and stick and move and do the whole bit do i think he's going to stand and bang with paulo absolutely not but I think he can win, uh, you know, sticking and moving. But I also think Paulo can win getting into space and landing those very heavy bombs that have knocked other men unconscious before. Keith says, Corey Anderson versus Jiri Prohaska. Who you taking? You know who I'm taking, man. Uh, definitely taking Jiri Pro- Prohaska by first round knockout there. Quincy says, I got Spivak in a parlay with Evloev and Dalby nice nice the envelope fight's interesting man because that kid uh grundy or as they like to say in the uk quincy grundy he, he, he's no slouch at all man and you see a big dog odd on him it'd be interesting to see what happens like like i'm curious if because evolution is the real deal too everyone has been going out there taking these guys down with ease so but i'm curious if he can do that to grundy because you know grundy's got some serious wrestling credentials himself and you know for him to just go out there and and take down a guy like grundy um that that'll that'll tell a lot uh that'll really that'll really say a lot so i'm actually curious to, to hear if or to see if these guys are going to try to stand and bang because sometimes when you get the two wrestlers in there they don't even they don't even want to um you know test each other's grappling out they want to go out there and wrestle so i'm actually go out there and stand and bang so i'm curious jimmy says they better have cannoneer on deck for replacement duties yeah for sure um Canonneer, he's not coming off an injury, is he? If he's healthy, then then definitely you got to get him in there, man. He's actually, I think he might be up for the next title shot. He might be up for the winner of uh, Adesanya versus Costa. I could totally see that. So definitely, yeah. So we get Canonneer to fight the winner of uh, Costa and Adesanya, and then you get Hermanson to fight the winner of Whitaker and Till, and that winner can you know challenge for the next title shot. Eric says he thinks the Evloev line is a bit high. You know, it could be. I'm curious to definitely dive into that fight and see exactly what the deal is. Are you surprised Ed Luiv is a 2-1 to favorite over Grundy? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit, but I, I got to really confirm that and see see what the deal is. Johnny Walker versus Yuri Prohaska. I mean, you don't got to tell me twice. If they sign that fight, you know firsthand I'm fucking watching it. Um, The reason I think they might not do it, let me take a look at these rankings so they got yuri number eight they got johnny number 13 i mean why not you know eight and 13 that ain't too far apart so yeah i could see it it's a very exciting fight but again the reason i think they might not do it is johnny's coming off two l's and even though it's a super exciting fight i feel like they might want to get johnny back on track and shit you can't even give him Devin clark because he can't wrestle it like you'd have to pray for a flying knee so what would we do we'd have to figure it out you know do we do we go the paul craig route do we uh do we throw him in there with Antigulov or one of those guys I know they're fighting next week or you know what route should we go with Johnny Walker to get him back on track cuz like look I, you know you guys can say he's a fraud and this and that yeah I know he might have cost us some money against Corey but like he's still really exciting and if you give him time to develop you know hopefully hopefully he can get the other parts of his game down cuz those highlight reel knockouts uh put butts in seats man they're very exciting to watch but as far as Erie, you know He's, to me, he's a top five guy right now. I mean, I feel like when you come into the UFC with 30 pro fights under your belt, you beat a top five guy in Vulcan that impressively. I mean, I feel like you're ready to swim with the Sharks right away. So I'm thinking Yuri versus uh, the winner of Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. And then you can do Vulcan Uzdemir versus the loser of that. Um, that's, uh, that's what I'm thinking, honestly. Eric says he thinks Evloev 175 is more accurate. It's a 50-point cushion. Okay. it be interesting to take a look and see where I line it. Keith says, Would you want to see Jared the killer gorilla versus Darren the vanilla gorilla? <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, if you know, if uh Darren goes out here and can beat Rob Whitaker impressively, which you know is a tall order. The only man to do it in the last what ten fights or something like that is, is the champ Izzy. So yeah, if Darren Till can come out here and get this upset, he's right there, man. So definitely i mean look i want to see all these fucking guys fight each other i mean all these guys at the top they're at such a high level absolutely all right so i feel like we gotta we gotta get back to recapping this card a little bit so what about, what about the queen of violence what, what about uh arian lipsky man that knee bar that, that was a thing of beauty and she goes out there drops her opponent right away it was a body shot And it almost seemed like she was about to, you know, not get caught, but seemed like Luana Carolina went for a bit of a um, calf slicer attempt. And, man, that's one way to uh, counter a calf slicer, right? Went out there and got that knee bar. Really good job by Lipsky. And now I feel like she's got a little bit of confidence, you know, two wins in a row in the UFC. And because, like, you got to think about this, like, because I know she came to the UFC with a ton of hype, you know, the queen of violence, this and that. And they rushed her to, you know, fight Joanne Calderwood, who Joanne Calderwood's ranked number three in the world right now, right? So when you're, you know, when you're fighting these people on the regional scene, I know KSW is a good league and all that, but you're fighting these people outside the UFC and then you come in there and they're like, hey, here's the number three girl on planet Earth. I understand why, why you know, she had such a lackluster performance. And she's not, She's not ready to compete at that level yet, but now that they're going out her giving her the appropriate fight she can build up her confidence work on her skill set slowly work her way up she can be in some exciting fights for sure um you know what about like her and priscilla air? like is that not an exciting fight you know do do stuff like that with lipsky for now romando leads man uh that that was uh that was quite the knockout i'm very impressed with the georgian not georgia where i'm from but still he's a georgian i'm a georgian so i'm gonna I'm give him a shout out uh he did his thing, and the Georgians have been doing their thing. You saw Joe Jua go out there and uh, get that sub. Marab, Duwalish Wheelie, arguably undefeated in the UFC. I mean, no, he's not because Ricky Simone. Well, should we, should we talk about that? Should we go on another tangent? Third round, Marab actually knocked himself out with a takedown attempt head first into the mat and then got choked out too. So he's not undefeated, but I thought he beat Frankie signs personally. But regardless, back on track. The Georgians, man, they've been doing their thing. Joe Jua. She dropped away weight class all of a sudden gets a first round finish in the ufc marab takedown machine and tonight Dalidze went out there and knocked out ibrahimov ibrahimov actually tried to um pace himself a little bit i felt like it kind of like backfired a little bit like he's got to find that middle ground man like because in that first fight with dao Won Jung, it's like it's like okay Kadi's okay Kadi's calm down you know like like stop man like but then in this fight he didn't throw at all so he's got to find that middle ground Hopefully they give him one, one last chance. So Grant Dawson, man, that, that was dominant. Grant Dawson went out there, did his thing, and uh he he dominated him pillar to post. I, I saw a lot of people talking about how Nat Nermani was live. And you know, I've always thought he was a tough guy, but man, he looked outgunned in every area of this fight. And I like the fact that uh, that Dawson, he was going out there doing some James Krause type stuff, man. You saw him pop the jab. You saw the calf kicks. You saw that knee come up the middle. Obviously, the takedown attempts. That's the best performance of Grant Dawson's career. So, man, it'll be interesting to see who he fights next. Uh, He definitely showed up tonight. Now we got to talk about Joel Alvarez. Like I already told y'all, biggest regret of the night, not taking the plus 300 odds on Joel Alvarez. But no one gives a fuck about what you passed on. No one gives a shit about your leans. You know any of that bullshit about your live bets like all that matters is what you said was going to happen before the fact and then what ended up happening in reality and man joel alvarez went out there and man if you don't have you know the will to compete in the ufc at this level anymore it don't matter who you're up against even a guy in joel who many people will argue is green or is raw or needs a lot of work and this and that but you know joel's been out for a year and he's been putting in some work you know in his last fight with bellwardo I, I know we, we we can you know call bellwardo a job or this and that it's true but but regardless you compare that to the demir Ismagulov fight and, and yeah i know the level of competition drop is huge but like what i'm saying is when you when you think about the 15 people that joel alvarez beat outside the ufc to get to the ufc then all of a sudden hey here's Demir Ismagulov in your ufc debut right he goes three rounds and then he got schooled but still to go three rounds with a guy like that is a super valuable experience comes back the next fight knocks the guy out i mean ties his arm behind his back sweeps and pounds him out and then here against joe duffy a guy who beat conor mcgregor finishes him in the first round so good stuff by joel alvarez you know now you know takes some more time to level up even more and you know well is he ready for mark the casey yet or is that too is that too big of a step up should we should we take it slow? Should we feed him Alex Wyatt? Should we uh what do what do y'all think is next for uh for Joel Alvarez? Jamie Malarkey? Uh, you know, what what are, what are we thinking here? Let me know here in the comments. I saw something from my boy AJ. Arman Sarukian is super legit. Can't wait to see the significant improvements he's going to make fight to fight. I know, right? Holy shit. I mean, that kid, he he was phenomenal tonight, wasn't he? Uh, to see the different facets of his striking that i mean we always saw glimpses here and there i know you saw that fight on the regional scene where he knocked that dude out with the head kick but to see him consistently throw kicks throughout this fight and to really dictate where it was going he even took down the former adcc champion davi Hamosh to the mat and had zero fears inside his guard so that was a super legit performance and you think about it to make your ufc debut against the guy he did i mean like i already said one doesn't simply make their ufc debut against Islam Makachev and none of us would have held it against him if he went out there and got finished or got owned or anything like that he goes out there gets a fight of the night as a very exciting fight next fight against Olivier Aubin Mercier and yeah we might be down on Mercier but Mercier can be a tough out like Mercier is a 12 fight UFC veteran Mercier uh, was a, a finalist on the ultimate fighter so to go out there in your second UFC fight beat that guy and between you and me man he won 14 minutes of that fight the only second of that fight he didn't win was you know one knee and one head kick. Aside from that, Armand won that entire fight. And then tonight, to go out there against Davi, um, that, that, that was a statement. So we're definitely going to be keeping our eyes on uh Armand Sarukian. Evan says, To be fair, Carolina is only a quarter notch better than Cachoeira. Hey, but listen, incremental step ups, right? You know, it's better to move up than to move down, right? So you got to give these fighters a chance to really feel comfortable in there and to get their feet wet because with the kind of hype Lipski had coming in there like I told you man she's going from that KSW scene to all of a sudden hey here's Joanne Calderwood in your UFC debut right so th- these are the kind of step-ups in competition or or not really step-ups rather but these are the kind of opponents she needs to be facing get that experience get that seasoning feel confident in the octagon because she came in with a lot of hype all that hype leads to a lot of pressure so I feel like they're doing the right thing my boy karate body says i cashed in 2200 today man good job dude i'm proud of you bro larry dallas says till is overrated i mean i've heard that opinion before you know i've heard it but to me you know when, when you got wins over wonder boy cowboy cerrone kelvin gastelum i mean you're at least a top 10 guy right so Let's see, let's see how he performs uh, against the former champion uh, Robert Whitaker. Eric says, Daniel, I like we're doom plus 250 against Gustafsson. I think that line is even further off. Olenek is no joke. we doom could rebound. I bet Olenek in the last fight, but this is a different matchup. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, it's one of those situations where it's like, was we doom just rusty, you know, coming off the layoff? Or is it a situation where, you know, he's 43 years old and, you know, these things don't get better, they get worse? Was that a sign of things to come? Because if he looks anything remotely close to that, I just don't have much faith in him. But at the same time, you know, if that was kind of the fight where he got the rust out the way, you know, showed he wasn't going to quit no matter how bad that first round was, and he can kind of build off that here and come in a little sharper, well, that's a completely different story, right? So I'm curious to see what the case is. Um, There's one thing I know about Gustafsson is that. Well, firstly we've never seen him at heavyweight but secondly he retired his last fight so already for him to be that big of a favorite i'm already questioning it it's just one of those things where if you consider both guys in their prime is it a situation where you know gustafson can kind of dance around and out volume him or is this kind of a joke because you know maybe a little recency bias because of how bad we're doomed looked in that last fight because we're doomed at his best you know at heavyweight I feel like he beats Gustafson. It's just, are we getting? Was that last fight just a sign of hey, he he's completely done, man? Or, or should we kind of play into the whole he was rusty coming off a layoff angle? So, Eric, you let me know. Maybe at plus two fifty, we we should roll the dice and try to find out, right? Like, is it a situation like that? So, it's interesting. One guy touched gold, and one guy was always the bridesmaid. So, all right, let's see what else. andrew says "Match up johnny walker with alonzo Menafield. see who the bigger fraud is oh man i mean look man are they frauds you know in terms of winning a ufc title okay yeah but like we can always count on these two to go out there and have exciting fights at least and you match them up with the right opponent and they'll have like some highlight reel knockouts so they're exciting guys look not everyone's gonna be a world champion not everyone's gonna be a top five guy but you know a lot of guys still have a place in the company i feel like these two do as well you just got to give them the right opponents you know we're not we're not trying to put them in there with uh francis and ganu or, or Jerzino or anything you know what i mean or actually sorry those are 205ers we're not trying to put them in there with jerry prochaska or uh you know dominic reyes or anything like that we, we got to take it slow and you know let them have some fun fights like who you got between uh you know walker and ryan span like w- can you for sure tell me with a straight face that ryan span wins that fight or do you think there's a chance he gets knocked out because you know he struggled his last fight with uh with sam alvey so be interesting to see lip she says Lipsky is always gonna have inflated betting lines that's my problem with her um is that true though because she was only like minus 120 minus 130 tonight and she finished it like a minus a thousand so maybe maybe that's not entirely true man um i know those other times she was a chalk favorite like against molly but that's where you take molly plus 245 and what was up with Tyler santos the other night like why couldn't she do that against barella like do you guys understand like i like here, here's what i'm saying i i get it ufc jitters and this and that but like all i'm saying guys is that if tyla santos fought to 10 percent of her capabilities against barella she wins that fight easily so it's bizarre to me um but yeah uh, as far as these inflated betting lines hey minus 130 didn't look so inflated to me tonight did it so but yeah next fight should be a juice favorite depending on the opponent this is a good question my guy is himaya the fastest turnaround in ufc history all right so what i need y'all to do is go on wiki or topology and find out uh the Chaskelly turnaround when Chaskelly fought um you know back to back. I forgot who the opponents were, like Sean Soriano and maybe Tom Ninamaki. Were those the two, something like that? And then Chris Lieben against Aaron Simpson and uh Akiyama. So those are the two quickest turnarounds I know of. Let me know if Himaev beats that. I think he might tie it because I think Skelly was two weeks. This is wait, wait, wait. It, it ain't a full two weeks because Himaya fought on Wednesday he might beat it bro cuz a week and a half seems like it might beat it so i think he might be you uh, might be on to something damn he's about to break my boy Chas Kelly's record it's a it's a shame so i'm going to tell Chas to enjoy the record while he has it for the next week you know um quincy says he knew carolina would lose she needs to get back in the gym and work after she heals up. Yeah, I mean, win or lose, you got to go back to the gym and work. You know what I mean? If you want to win in this game, you better work no matter what. Keith says, what do you think um, the hardest matchup is for Piotr Jan? Good question. Let's take a look at these rankings. So we got Marlon Mirage, Aljamain Sterling, Cody Garbranch, Corey Sanhagen, Pedro Munoz. Man. So let's break down the kind of chances all these guys have against him. So Marlon Moraes. Basically, I think Marlon Moraes has to knock him out with a head kick or something like that early because I think the longer that fight goes, Piotr's pace, his pressure is too much for for Marlon Moraes. So, I would say Marlon Moraes has to catch him with something early. Aljamain Sterling. Now that's an interesting fight because obviously Aljo's is super legit on the mat and now he's in the best version possible of himself because, like, back in the day, everyone would always talk about his potential, but he wasn't quite up to the level yet. But now that he is up to the level, now he can go out there, take guys' backs one time, and finish them right away. And his standup's gotten a lot better, too. He's got unbelievable output. Um, I do think that Piotr is the tougher guy. I think if it goes to deep waters and both guys are tired, that Piotr can push more, but it's just about can he get to that point you know, without getting submitted. So I definitely think that Aljamain Sterling is a legit test. Cody Garbranch, Um, Cody might be a little faster, but I I just feel like when Piotr touches his chin, you guys already know the deal. Corey Sanhagen, I like the kid a lot, um, you know, the output king, but he's got to go back to the drawing board after that fight. And then Pedro Munoz, you know, they had a little run in at the lobby once. um, So Piotr walks up to Pedro, shakes his hand, and then he doesn't let go. You know, they're, they're facing each other eye to eye. And, you know, normally when you shake someone's hand, you shake it for a second, let go. Or nowadays in fucking this era, we don't even shake hands anymore. So fucked up what's going on, right? But look, he goes up to him, shakes his hand, and, and he's just looking him in the eye and like does not let go of the handshake. Like, Piotr Yan really intimidates these guys. And while he's shaking his hand, then he looks over to his coach. He's like, coach? <laughs> so Piotr Yan's a scary dude. But yeah, him and Pedro Munoz just stylistically would have a fun fight. I would say Piotr would probably get the better of that in terms of the volume and the output. But, you know, Pedro's got a hell of a chin, and he'll come to fight. So there's, there's so many good matchups for for the champ. Gig made Benavidez look like the little brother. I think he meant Fig, but yeah, uh, yeah, he did both times, man. I mean, you already know the deal. You you know what was gonna happen going into this. Uh I know we all love Joe B, but hey little blonde, you wanna be on my broadcast? So this is my this is my little dog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean uh I, I think that he made him look like a little bro both times, and you know, shout out shout out to Joe B and davison and and still even though it's officially and new quincy believes that figueredo beats Askarov by knockout yeah i mean look we saw brandon moreno drop him i think with a head kick uh i would not be surprised if davison knocks anyone out the dude just hits that damn hard keith says dude the brett johns decision he landed like 10 strikes i know but the thing is like Uh, Montel landed less than 10 strikes in round two and three, right? And Montel didn't do shit after that first round. It was crazy. It's like, Montel, I just need a little bit more effort and you win this fight. And he let, uh, Brett Johns out hustle him in the second and third. So Montel's got no one to blame but himself. It's like, dude, you got all the physical capabilities. You're better than this guy across the board. Go out there and prove it. And he didn't, uh, Brett Johns outworked him. So, you know, much respect to Brett Johns. Karate Body says, "I kept telling people Nad had fought two smaller guys and wasn't on Dawson's level. Man, they should have listened to you. Man, they should have listened to you. I hope you cashed out." Frank says, "Nad was too small at one hundred and fifty catch weight. I mean, yeah, but he was also in there with Grant Dawson. You know what I mean? He, they could have fought at fifty-five. Excuse me. They could have fought at forty-five. They could have fought at fifty, at fifty-five, and Grant Dawson's still going to do that to him. So, I think it was. I think it was more of a matchup thing, honestly, because." I feel like Nermani, uh looked, you know, bigger than some of his other opponents. But then again, back to back to my boy Karate Body's point, he said he had fought two smaller opponents. So, you are correct. Figueiredo has hands, does he? He's got jits too. He's got nice wrestling defense. Dude, dude's the fucking champ. He, he's the complete package. Why did we mess up? the Stamen fight i thought for sure he was going to win lost lots of money i sent him a dm and he responded that he lost 75k now i feel like an ass yeah i mean that was the absolute worst Stamen's ever looked and it wasn't even that jimmy rivera looked that great it was honestly Stamen, like from going from your best performance to your worst performance i know you know different opponent and this and that but man that was the worst Stamen's ever looked uh so yeah i, I agree with you and yeah i feel for him you know 75k swing because i'm guessing that's what his uh you know win bonus would have been yeah, it sucks, man. Um, props to Jimmy on the dub, though. You know, coming off a year layoff, uh, a lot of people counting him out, and, and he went out there and won clearly, in my opinion. Mirab versus Yan. Uh, so I like that fight, but I don't feel like Mirab's Mar- quite ready for that yet. You know, um, and honestly, I think Yan actually has some very underrated wrestling. You just haven't really seen much of it, but Duke can wrestle. Duke uh, can wrestle for real, and you know, he trains at a gym uh, over in Thailand where. they got some serious world-class wrestlers to work with every single day so i think a lot of people are going to be surprised about what he does um but murab he's got a good fight coming up doesn't he um i don't even remember what it is uh let me let me see or one of y'all let me know in the comments but doesn't murab didn't he just get booked for something or am i imagining that um y'all let me know uh i think Menafield was only taken out one or two times yeah i know it's just like similar thing to montel jackson he stopped throwing after the first round so yeah, you know, they, they gotta work on those things, man. Where is all the American talent? Almost all the champs are foreigners. Let's let's find out if that's really true. All right. Well, firstly, the pound for pound King John Jones is American. Um Kamaru Uzman, I know I know he has got that Nigerian flag, but was he born in the States or not? Someone let me know. But yeah, it appears as though the oh Stipe Miocic, good old good old American there. So look, the the baddest man on planet Earth is American, and the uh, pound for pound best fighter on planet Earth is American. But look, shout out to shout out to all the other champions. You know, it just shows that all this talent is developing in these foreign countries, man. And it's a beautiful thing to see how you know worldwide this sport is. I mean, I remember back in the day where you know the best fighters in the world were either from. America Brazil or Russia and it was just those three places and no one gave a fuck about any other place right But now you got you know champions from New Zealand from Australia. Let's, let's check out where the China um, Where officially is Valentina from because I know sometimes it's Kyrgyzstan, Sometimes it's Peru. Sometimes it's Russia. So Valentina um, Who else we got? Habib Kamaru Israel, I mean dude listen they're doing their thing all over the world. You got to respect it. Um, it's a beautiful thing to see how much our sport's evolving. Frank says, Aljo would be my pick over Piotrian. You think he would out-volume him on the feet, or you think he would like take his back and, and choke him out? It would be interesting to find out. Oh, okay. Someone let me know what the matchup was. Okay, so I'm not tripping. Dodson versus Morav. And Quincy says he likes Dotson over Mirab. So, you, so you're telling me he stuffs the takedowns and potentially gets a knockdown or so, or something like that, or knocks him out. Um, because I'm, you know, on paper or pre-tape, I feel like it's a tough matchup for Dotson. I feel like he's physically outsized. I feel like he's slowing down. You know, Nathaniel Wood got a little bit too cocky that fight week. And one thing about Mirab is that he lives in the gym. You know, this guy doesn't get ahead of himself. You know, Nathaniel Wood was acting like the fight was over before it even started. But I don't think uh, Morab would handle it like that. And I. And i feel like he could actually big brother him but i definitely got to research it so if you're taking dotson for the underdog underdog pick i'm gonna i'm gonna look into it man i'm gonna let you know what i think sugar sean kathleen what's up kathleen she wants to know about sugar sean hey he's he's fighting marlon chito vera and that's a serious fight you know we're gonna see what happens if he can't get this first round ko because look there's a chance he goes out there and he knocks out marlon in the first round marlon is known for having slow uh slow starts the thing is, Marlon is also known for having fast finishes, and Sean O'Malley actually slows down as fights progress, as we've seen the two times he went the, uh, the distance, and in the past if you go back and watch his history. So I'm very intrigued to see what happens if Sean O'Malley can't get that first round knockout on Marlon Chitovera. Yo, Levy, what up? Yo, what up, dirty Mexican? What's up, bro? I appreciate you. Rivera is no joke. Yeah, I mean, especially you bang with that guy in the pocket. Uh, he's no joke at all. There's, there's no doubt about that. Figa versus Yan would be sick. I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, man, you hating on my boy Shaq. Why? He said Michael said, why you let Shaq ramble off and fight previews? So am I supposed to, like, tell him to, like, no, don't tell me your opinion, even though in this show you're supposed to tell us your opinion is <laughs> – but quit hating my guy Sha- shaq's the man shaq's insightful as fuck and brings a different perspective to the fight game so ain't ever gonna tell my boy shaq to to tone it down you gotta tone it down mikey edmund says or excuse me z says edmund secures a belt early 2021 you heard it here first oh hey i like where your head's at that kid's no slouch at all um it's just now it's like one of these situations where we gotta test we gotta test them you know what i mean because he handled these guys accordingly, and I like the fact that he's kind of going the Israel Adesanya route in terms of like he's fighting the exact same opponents. You know, uh, Brad Tavares, Derek Bronson. So it's perfect the way they're building up Edman, and he's just a kid. Let me let me look up how old he is, man. Um, I believe that he's. Uh, let's see. He is twenty two. Holy fucking shit! You know, you know what I'm saying. What were we doing when we were twenty two? You know, this kid's twenty two. Is according to you, he's going to be fighting for a belt next year. So. They just got to give him the right fight. So I feel like Brunson, that's the perfect fight. And basically what we need to see is we need him to go out there and we need him to finish Brunson in the first round because that's what's going to let us know. Because you look at you know Robert Whitaker when he fought Brunson, finish him in the first round, title shot. You look at Izzy, finish Brunson in the first round, title shot. So I feel like you know Edmund does that. He's on the right path. You know He'll be on the short list uh, for sure. No matter what, he wins this fight. He's getting a big fight next. So definitely up there in title contention. Marty from Nebraska. (laughs) That's funny. Usman was born in Nigeria, raised in the States. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Man, he is is a tank, man. That dude is a beast. Quincy says he knows how to grind. His takedown defense is superb. Rivera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his takedown defense is superb. Statistically speaking, I think it's some of the best in the Bantamweight division. Uh, Hold on, hold on shaq knows a lot he's a great co-host i know right man shaq's awesome um hold on someone asked me about how we met let me let me find that question real quick how did you and shaq meet so this is really funny actually so um we'd always like followed each other on twitter and stuff and like you know we comment on each other's shit and this and that and then one day i saw him like talking about like go hawks i think or go falcons you know go some you know atl team and I mean, come on you know atl for life right we represent atlanta braves baby so i was like i messaged him i was like you from atl and he's like yes sir i am so i was like we should catch a fight sometime and you know we hung out and got along right away we were boys right away and then you know we just kept hanging out ever since and then you know i'd have him on the podcast here and there you know always liked his insight And then, you know, I had a different co-host at one point. And then when things didn't work out with that guy, I was like, I felt like, you know, Shaq was ready to step up and fill the shoes. So I was like, you want to be my new co-host? He said, yes. And, you know, the rest is history. Tagaman 57 says, Jiri Prochaska or Prochaska, excuse me, versus Roman Dolidze is a fight to be made. Yeah, I agree. It's just that Roman needs to work his way up. Because, I mean, we're talking about Prohaska, who would just be the number five guy on planet Earth in Volkan Uzdamir. And then Roman, he, yeah, great win, no doubt about it. But you beat, you know, an 0-2 guy who is now 0-3. So, Roman's got to work his way up. But, yeah, they both keep winning. We could definitely see that fight down the line. So, Eric's correcting us. He was born in Auchi, Nigeria. Awesome, man, yeah. Kamaru, the Nigerian nightmare Uzman. He, he's a serious champion. MMA KO says, first time seeing you do a recap. Let's go. Let's fucking go, bro. I'm loving it, man. This is fun. We're going over an hour, taking all your questions. I still, I still want to have one of y'all side by side with me, talking to me. You know what I mean? Asking me some questions. Uh then y'all want to step up, you let me know. I uh, might do a little, you know, brief like, you know, interview first to, to make sure everything's all good. No, but let me know if one of y'all want to come on here and talk to me. But uh Barab is DK Gold. I'll never fail. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. You know who else is DK Gold that is so underrated? Because, like, a lot of the top DK players hate on this guy for some reason. But uh, Davison Figueiredo, let's talk about this. I, I sent a tweet out about it. Let me see what my tweet said real quick. Um, So basically, my tweet said, 133 DraftKings points for Figueiredo tonight. Davison has scored over 100 DraftKings points on four separate occasions and 90 points or more on three other occasions. The guy's a slate breaker. So, and for some reason, a lot of the top DraftKings guys don't like him because they value like volume guys over power guys, which is cool and all. But in this weight class, his power is so impactful that you have to value Davison. And the numbers speak for themselves in terms of how he scores on DraftKings. So uh Davison Figueredo is DraftKings goal. But yeah, for sure, uh for sure Marab is too. MMAKO said, broke a 10-fight losing streak on DraftKings with a $700 profit. Always appreciate the podcast. I I hope you heard what I said. I think I might have froze again, but I said, I appreciate you appreciating the podcast, and I'm really happy for you getting that $700 profit dirty mexican says anyone think the pantoja fights commentary was way off very close look it was definitely a close fight I, like to me that fight kind of came down to the third round i felt like pantoja won the first and it's interesting because like um it seemed to me like Askarov was kind of taking over the first two after the the initial uh submission attempts you hear my dog snoring Blonders? <laughs> why are you snoring in my video come on now so uh okay so the, the fight starts off you know davison or excuse me pantoja gets those early submission attempts, and you know he's doing great at the beginning part of the round. But then uh it seemed like Askarov was kind of coming back. He got back on top, but then Davison had this fucking beautiful back take, and he stole the end of the first round. Did I, do I keep calling him Davison for some reason? My bad. pantoja had that beautiful back take, steals the end of the round. Second round, got to give to Askarov. Out, outworked him, out hustled him. And then third round was so close, but I felt like Askarov did slightly more. So for me. Was a 29-28 for Askar Askarov? And Massive says, what former champ do you think has the best shot at being champ again besides Max? So like any anyway weight class, uh, let's take a look, man. Let's see Let's see what former champs we're working with. Um, I know the next pay-per-view, there's Daniel Cormier taking on um, Stipe Miocic. And I'm not really sure who I got yet, but obviously if he wins, he would be the next you know, former uh, champ like uh he could be the most you know uh he could be the guy to do it the most soon is what i'm fucking trying to say sorry it's like 1 a.m no excuses all right let's see who else former champ former champ um max holloway is like right there it's just coming off two losses he's probably not gonna get the title shot next um who else we got dustin poirier okay okay how about this so let's say Habib loses to Justin Gaethje, which is a huge if, because Habib's you know, 27-0 for a reason. He's unbelievable. But let's just say that Habib loses to Justin Gaethje, and then you do the Poirier versus Gaethje rematch. And not saying Poirier wins, but there's a chance he wins. He beat him once, and it wasn't like you know he caught him with some shit early. I mean, fucking Poirier kept up with the output the entire time and then finished him in the fourth round. So if you see that title rematch, then there's a chance Poirier uh, reclaims his belt um who else I uh, don't see Rose Nama beating uh, Wiley Zhang sorry guys I know I know there's a lot of Rose fans in here but I don't I don't see that happening so yeah I mean look all these guys in the top level could go either way sometimes but I would say DC just because he's up next you know maybe Dustin Poirier we'll, we'll have to we'll have to tune in and find out Dirty Mexican says it's me Danny B 271 what's up Danny B my guy it, uh, I feel like I already uh, read that. Yeah, I agree, man. Shaq's the man. Jack Scott says, "Who do you think would win a straight kickboxing match, Khalil Rountree or John Jones? John Jones, John Jones, because oh, like it becomes a battle of wills, and John Jones is so much tougher. I mean, yeah, Khalil could you know maybe land a fight-ending blow early, but you know that fight goes three, five rounds. You know, I, I got John Jones. You know, and, and obviously, I got him in any kind of martial arts matchup with Khalil." y'all got a lot of questions i like it man how do you feel about montel jackson's ceiling now after his performance well man i mean so the potential's still there i mean he's still as good as i think he is it's just a matter of like he's got to make better decisions out there it's really on him man It's that's all it is it's one of those cases where it's like you can't give him any more athletic gifts you can't give him any more technique like i mean i feel like he's in shape too it's really just up to him to make the right decisions in the fights and only he can determine that because I, I still think he's got you know the raw talent to beat anyone in that weight class. It's just like you saw it in that first round. Um, but if you stop fighting in the second and thirds, you got no one to blame but yourself. And again, not taking any away f- not taking anything away from the Pikey. You know, he fought his heart out tonight. You know what I mean? Uh, let me see if any of y'all are messaging me on on uh Twitter saying any shit right now. Oh, my boy Jamal Hill was trying to come on. He said he's got to put his kids to sleep, though. We'll get Jamal Hill on later. Let's see. My boy, my boy Rob messaged me. Hey, how would y'all feel about me having Jamal Hill on? How legit is that guy, man? You know, only like 9 0, 8 0. And like that first fight had an output, you know, clinic, you know, over 100 strikes land. And then that, that second fight just knocks the guy out right away. So I'm very impressed with Jamal Hill. All right. Let's see. Vincent. What's up, my boy Vincent? Hey that's my boy right there love that guy he says who would you like to see Islam makacha fight next well does Islam have a fight is he booked already or not um, let's look it up because there's definitely a lot of cool stuff you can do with that guy I'm just curious to see if they got a matchup for him already at 18 and one huh <laughs> okay so he's not booked um let's let's take a look at the top 15. So he is currently number 11. Number 10 is Ally Kinta. Hey, Ally Kinta's is ranked ahead of him. Let's go ahead and get Ally Kinta out the rankings. How about Islam versus Ally Kinta? Y'all down for that? SC for all says, maybe TJ over Yan if TJ's chin isn't done. Hey, I like where your head's at because TJ's got to prove something to us, guys. Like, I feel like TJ coming back, I'm not 100% convinced that he looks the same after, you know, that epo is a fucking serious thing and when you consider what you know tj's biggest strengths were was his fucking unbelievable cardio his output and all that stuff and you know that shit's direct like directly correlated to taking epo so let's see how tj performs when he comes back before we uh you know jump to conclusions but if he looks anything like the old tj then yeah he'll he'll work his way back up to a title shot but there's also a chance he comes out here and gets sparked you know in the first round his first fight back so Let's just let's just uh, let's just hold up a little bit. Let's not count our chickens before they hatch, as they like to say. MMA KO says he loves to hear the phrase uh, "Habib loses to Justin Gaethje." Yeah, well, it'll be interesting, man. You know, you don't just go twenty-seven and zero, and you know, obviously Justin Gaethje, one of the hardest hitters, and he's got the D one wrestling, so. The wrestling exchanges are going to tell us a lot in that fight but like i feel like habib's stand-up is really underrated you know in that ally akinta fight he felt so unthreatened by ally akinta that he's literally he's literally out there you know putting on a jab clinic against the guy so i feel like it's and he knocked down conor mcgregor so i feel like uh habib's stand-up is really underrated um let me see someone asked me about jamal hill is gifted yeah he's fucking awesome when is Chaz going to be on half the battle again? I asked him to come on this. Uh, he didn't respond. He must be sleeping. You know, my, my boy's got to catch up on some sleep. Uh, so when are you going to let me be a co-host? When do you want to be a co-host? You never, I didn't know you wanted to be a co-host. How do you and Shaq remember all the info uh, fights of all these fighters every week? I use five-pass sure dog research matches, but like damn. So, sorry about that. I just dropped my mic. Um. Firstly, I appreciate the compliment secondly i mean i guess you know part of it blessed with great memories but also we just love this shit so much man you know like truly truly love this sport at the end of the day so um you have no problems you know researching you know the history of the sport the history of all these fighters you know all that stuff's like intriguing to me it's it's something i really like uh you know, following their careers on the regional scene to make it to the UFC, to see their, you know, their runs and this and that. So, you know, seeing all these guys with potential, scouting them, we just love this sport. So that's that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I appreciate that question, Keith. All right, I think I might have answered most of the questions up top. Hold on, did you hear what happened to Mike Davis? Um, yeah, he had like some kind of injury, right? Something along those lines. I'm sure he'll get over it. <laughs> Met at the weed house. Don't lie. Hey, don't 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 put us on blast now, man. MMA KO says that Dolince and was wild. Look forward to whatever is next for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like you know why not just like build him up and you know take you know let him fight like Paul Craig or Antigua. You know let him fight one of those guys, man. Let him let how about let him tee off on Tyson Pedro real quick. You guys remember that guy Tyson Pedro? Let let him do some shit like that or. You want to throw Saperbeg Safarov in there with him? You know, I don't care. So something like that. Just you know, he's only like what seven zero now. So he had a great win over Ibrahimov, no doubt about it. But you know, we got we got we got to take the right incremental step ups in competition. We can't just you know rush him in there. All right, let's see. Let's see what else y'all got for me. This is this is this is fun. That back take so fucking slick. I'm, I know he's talking about Pantoja. That Pantoja back take was so fucking slick definitely was you got that ufc4 pre yet nah i don't i played the the beta for like a second i mean i barely have time to play any video games but i need i need to see this roster man they, they gotta they gotta sell me on this roster because like the last game didn't even have like volkanovski or wiley Zhang, you know so um and like is missing like vicente Luque and like bala muhammad and all, all these fighters so as long as the roster is on point then 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 i'm good to go so let's let's wait for the roster reveal real quick jamal hill and half the battle shit i know he's fucking awesome how do you know all these fighters personally well i mean i obviously here on the regional scene i do commentary for the nfc so i'm just really involved in, or really involved in the fight community and you know before this fucking pandemic shit i was also you know training all the time in jujitsu with all these guys and um, they, they just see that, you know, I'm really passionate about this sport and you know, I do sponsor, you know, seven pro and, and uh, amateur athletes and always trying to give back to the community however I can. So I'm just in the fight game, balls deep. You know, that's pretty much how it is. Hugo says, What do you think of Himayev quick turnaround versus McKee? I like it. I like it a lot. Only thing I'm worried about, or not worried, only thing I'm curious about is you know, him dropping a 170. Um Maybe it's an easy cut. Maybe it's not even a big deal. But, you know, we just fought at 85 versus Phillips. You know, is he going to look fine at 70? I know some of his past fights were at 70, so he's going to look fine. It's just, you know, a week cutting the weight. Like, how heavy is he and, you know, all that shit. I mean, we know at least he's got to cut 15 pounds. You know, is it maybe a little more than that? So, yeah, I'm curious. But, yeah, obviously, you know, in the skill department, he's got this guy outclassed. I mean, McKee's a guy that fucking went to draw with uh, Richie Smolin. And if you don't know who Richie Smolin is, that's the guy that got leg locked by uh, – Luis Pena by violent Bob Ross in his UFC debut. It, wait, was it a leg lock? I don't even fucking remember. No, no, sorry. McKee is the guy that goes for uh, for leg lock or Smolin is Sorry, I'm, I'm messing up right now. Let me let me pull up Luis Pena. Did he choke him out? He might have choked him out. Let's see, we watch so many fights that we forget. All right, so he guillotine choke. Okay, okay. So let's backtrack. So Rice McKee went to a draw with Richie Smolin who got choked out by Luis Pena. And now Rice McKee is fighting this fucking monster, Himaev, but it's at 170. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. He's 10. Who's 10? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Who got you in M- MMA? For me, it was Chuck Liddell and a UFC video game I had when I was 10. Then BJ a few years later. Yeah, all those guys, man. I mean, I remember Forrest Griffin um rampage bj penn carlos condit in the wec jose aldo in the wec um yeah all those guys like i think i became a hardcore fan around like you know the rampage chuck forrest griffin around around that era um ufc 88 when rashad evans fought chuck liddell in atlanta georgia at phillips arena that was the first pay-per-view where like you know before that i'd watch pay-per-views you know here and there and i always found the sport super intriguing but it was that that event where i watched every single event you know after that consistently i did go back and learn the history of the sport though and watch all the previous events but i'm saying ufc 88 and on i haven't missed a pay-per-view oh he's saying mike davis got t-boned on his bike and almost got ran over right after we're talking about mike davis damn i'm glad he's okay that's fucked up Keith says, "Also, I'm from Arizona, and our sports teams suck. So I love that with MMA, I can pick and choose which fighter to root for." Yeah, but look, you still got to be a Diamondbacks fan. You know what I mean? You still got to be an Arizona Cardinals fan. They still exist, right? I don't even fucking know, but like, you got to be a Diamondbacks fan. You know, my my boy Randy, the big unit Johnson, Kurt Schilling back in the day. Uh, y'all got some legends in the, in AZ. So don't don't forget that man. Stay loyal, cause yeah, just cause the Hawks are sucking right now, or maybe the Braves aren't doing their best, or you know, the Falcons always choke on the playoffs. You know, I'm always gonna represent ATL teams. I don't I don't switch to other, you know, states or cities or anything like that. It's ATL till the day I die. So you gotta be the same way with Arizona, my guy. Or Phoenix, wherever you're from, right? Um all right. Vincent says, after Gooden smokes McCown on July 23rd, do you think he finally gets the call from the UFC? So he's talking about my boy, Jared Nitrain Gooden, who has a 16-4 and record. He's the top welterweight prospect outside the UFC. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll tell you all a little secret. Mick Maynard told him, get two finishes, and you're in. He got those two finishes, and I think we had a, a contender series opportunity, but, like, Jared wants to stay active, man. Like, Jared wants to fight right now, man, so you know let him go ahead headline this titan fc event go you know finish this guy real quick and hopefully we can just bypass contender series and get in real quick but if we got to go to contender series too he's perfectly ready for that right now jared jared good is looking the best he ever has he's in the best shape he's ever been in he's more focused than he's ever been he's finally uh you know it's it, it, it's easy to say he's finally taking it seriously because he's always taking it seriously but like i feel like he, he turned a corner man he's, he's on a different level now um He's he's staying in shape year round now. He's dieting properly. He's not just relying on you know, his talents anymore. He he's really he's all in. So I'm very, very impressed with Jared Gooden. And it's gonna be bright skies for him. Chimara is too good of a grappler. I think you meant uh Himayev. is like that old metal man, right? Keith says, bro, I'm 5'11 with a 78-inch reach. I wish I would have started boxing, kickboxing when I was younger, 26 now, and it feels pointless to start. I mean, it might be pointless to start in terms of, like, competing, but it's not pointless to start to get in shape and learn how to defend yourself. You can do that at any point, and it's a great outlet. Um, you feel amazing after the workouts, and you feel like you got something to work towards. So I wouldn't say it's too late at all, man. Key says, I'm a huge Suns, Cardinals, and D-backs fan. Bro, it's just painful. Yeah, I know. I understand. But at least you've got some legends in your franchise. Panthers, Falcons. Yeah, in what universe? I know you remember what happened the last time we uh, we faced off. Uh and you remember the, la- the last couple times we faced off uh you know Cam got his ass beat, right? And now now they're shipping Cam over to New England, so uh peace out, you know. But uh nah, fa- Falcons all day. Falcons all day. How do you feel about O'Malley versus Cheeto? I already told you how I feel. Basically that O'Malley better get him out th- better get him out of there early or it'll be a long night for him. Phoenix has some interesting teams. Coyotes had a great year. Gastelum quick tap, yeah. But the thing is, man, if he had not tapped, he would have got his ACL torn. So it's like tap or beat or sit out for a whole year. So you know, I can't say I blame him. Man, I think I think I covered all y'all's questions. So uh, real quick, let me see what fights I missed on this uh, on this thing. So okay, we talked. Uh, how about Amir Al bazi Amir al-Bazi looked pretty fucking good, right? You know, he went out there. That's how you make your UFC debut. And I feel like in a weight class that's, you know, as shallow as... um, Well, actually, he fought a Bantamweight, but isn't he normally a flyweight? I feel like he might normally be a flyweight. I know he fought uh, Jose Shorty Torres, but regardless, if he's truly a flyweight, he can make an impact on the rankings right away. So definitely want to see what's next for Amir al-Bazi. Have you heard of Nick Puccini and dennis fighting out of long island no i haven't but i'll definitely keep my eye out for them um quick tap and heel hook don't relate yeah i know right like it's like bro it's if you don't tap out to that heel hook man you're you're sitting out for a whole year and who knows when you're coming back right thanks dano appreciate you fam i appreciate you fam the other one fights for sarah Oh, one sarah Longo. okay Eric says Albazi was mega technical but Malcolm Gordon wasn't UFC ready. Yeah, but, but yeah, but hear me out on this. Um at least Albazi didn't go out there and you know like win like a close split decision or this or that. He went out there, and he finished this guy exactly how you're supposed to. He treated him like he wasn't UFC material. So that's why I give the guy a lot of credit, especially in his debut to go out there and put on that kind of performance. i uh, very curious to see what he does next. Uh, definitely. And then obviously we talked about Saruki and he looked amazing and uh last but not least sergey spivak uh i was actually surprised one of the judges scored that a draw it means that they scored the first two rounds for felipe the third for spivak i i kind of disagree I, I thought spivak kind of won every round but it was what it does we'll uh we'll have to see what he does next but definitely maturing a bit but guys thank you so very very much for joining me on this very special uh i guess fan q a fight recap whatever the case may be it's been a lot of fun my first live stream definitely look to do more of these soon and uh make sure you follow me on twitter at best Five picks best uh subscribe to half the battle on itunes soundcloud youtube stitcher spotify all the places where we are available we'll be back next week for the whitaker versus till card so you guys know you can follow me you know with half the battle the show but then also got some other shit in the works you know got a new show with dan tom a line movement mma betting show it's a lot of fun go follow line movement uh on YouTube, and then also I got the Patreon show with Brett Appley, Kyle Marley, and Joe Suntu. You know, three of the best DraftKings players in the industry, and you know a lot of DraftKings related stuff there. So, y'all already know where to follow me. Really appreciate y'all very, very much. uh Until the next time, you know, if y'all are betting on other things, let's cash these bets. But regardless, stay safe. We will speak soon. Fuck it. Until the next time, let's cash these bets.